Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Rockies Now podcast. We are a Colorado Rockies podcast. Whether you're a Rockies fan or a baseball person, you can follow us at Rockies Now on all of your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, X, Instagram, and Threads. Thanks for joining with us today. I'm your host, Stephen. Co-host Tom is here. Tom, spring training is back. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. It's just like I said before, I think on our last episode, the crack of a bat against a baseball, the pop of a mitt catching a ba- of a glove mm. catching a baseball is just music to my ears. So it's good to see Rockies up Rockies off to a pretty good start so far. Mm-hmm. So that's good to see. Yeah, tune one to start the spring training campaign again. Spring training, not to uh not to be super worried about whether it's wins or losses, but you know, we do like our wins. Uh let me get the joke of the day here pulled up. Um let me load it here. So I was looking at the joke uh, about an hour before we started, and I was like, "This is a good one." I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's I mean, it's a little corny for the, some of the, some of the youngsters out there. They might think, "Oh, it's a little corny," but it, it's it's still a good one. So here we go. What does baseball have in common with pancakes? Pancakes. Um, something have to do with the word flap. But go ahead, tell me. They both rely on the batter. You get it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty good. I thought it was gonna yeah. maybe flat like anything. But that's actually, so I was close in terms of that, but that's actually pretty yeah. good. I like that. That's yeah. good. Again, folks, if you have a joke that you want to tell us, please let us know on our social medias. We want to hear it because again, I'm just like randomly looking on uh online for like baseball jokes. So if you have one, uh please send one in for us. So let's talk some Rockies baseball. Uh today we'll be talking about the pitchers, but then, again at the end of the at the end of the show, we'll kind of talk about the the quickly about the three games that have been played so far in spring training. So, going into the pitchers uh, segment of the podcast, um, as we get ready for opening day, which is almost a month away, uh, you know, the, the pitching is obviously one of the big things for the Rockies in order for them to kind of bounce back from a 103 loss season. And uh, to start with the rotation. Uh, again, this is something that we did a couple weeks ago when we posted our, uh, you know, rotation, I guess, predictions or uh, projected rotation. Uh, let me pull that up here. Okay. So at least this is, I think for, uh, I think most of us can kind of agree that this is kind of our ideal Rockies rotation going into spring training. Um, number one would be Kyle Freeland. I think he's probably the number one guy. You could argue that, Cal, you know, Cal Quantrill could be that guy up there too, but again, you know, he's kind of struggled with injuries the last couple of years, especially last year, struggled a little bit. Um, he'll be number two, uh, and that's Kyle Quantrill. Number three will be Austin Gomber. Number four, Dakota Hudson. I, I put him at four. Some people might say, uh, we'll see. He could be a minor league guy. But I, I think Dakota Hudson could be an interesting piece. He's had good success in his in his career uh, with St. Louis. Um, we have him at four, and the number five is Ryan Feltner. And then, of course, you have a couple other guys like Noah Davis, Peter Lambert, by the way, pitched today, which we'll get to in a second. Um, and uh, those are the really the, the rotation guys that I have. And uh, it, it's nothing uh, too pretty, but it's not terrible. I mean, considering – what the Rockies were going with last year where they, you know, had Jose Urania and, uh, you know, they had to get Chris Flexen, Chase Anderson, uh, you know, off of, you know, free agency or waivers. Um, and he, I think even they had Danielle Lamette get some starts there as well. Um, so uh, honestly, this rotation isn't terrible. I mean, it's not ideal because you're missing, you know, Marquez and Sensatella, but it's not bad to, uh, to start the 2023 season because again, it's, 
it's a little bit of what ifs. Uh, a lot of these players, especially with Dakota Hudson and Cal Quantrill, you're asking the big question: What if? You know, what if this happens? Can he turn this thing around? And you know, I really like Cal Quantrill. Um, you know, with the addition that he, you know, you didn't have to get rid of much for him. Um, you, you got rid of Cody Huff, who was a minor league catcher. Um, he's going to be a, a decent catcher uh, eventually um, in Cleveland. But I think it was somewhat of a, a decent trade because, again, the, the Guardians, they weren't planning to keep him. They dropped him because of their TV issues that they had. So uh, I, I like that, uh, that they kind of um, made that trade for Quantrill. So overall, I, I like the rotation. It's not, again, it's not pretty, but I like it to where, it's right now, where it is right now because of the current injury situation with Marquez and Sintatella. <clears throat> Yeah, I would agree with you on the rotation. Maybe uh, in terms of the order, I might go a little off below, or maybe I don't know, maybe say off script. I do think Fridlin will get the opening day nod. And call me, uh, eh, I think Quantra will be the number two guy, followed by Gombers, number three with Hudson. And I think with Hudson, number four. And I think Lambert will round out number five. I think he had a good appearance the other day, pitching two, pitching two innings. I think this is going to be this. This is going to be the year he's going to get his first opening day nod into the rotation and get his full shot to pitch every fifth day. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with you. Mixing Ryan Feltner and there will be, I suppose he has a shot at making this uh, team, the, this pitching staff as a long man possibly. Um, I do. And again, I'm preaching to the choir here when it comes to saying this. The thing I'm looking for out of the pitching staff this year is hopefully. And again, I'm preaching to the choir again when I say this. I am really hoping for good health because I remember lack at one point last year, we had 13 pitchers on the injured list. It was an, it was just incredible how they could actually fill out a rotation, you know, bringing enough arms to make starts every, every, every so often. So that's the one thing I really hope we can get out of this starting staff. And if we do that, can all of them pitch 120 plus innings? Can they all stay healthy enough to give us that longevity? Because like I said, that was an issue last year, finding guys not only to make the starts, but eat up innings to allow Bud Black to manage the bullpen a little more with a little more, I should say a little at ease or not as much, I guess, worry saying, okay, how many, am I going to get three guys on my innings out of my starter? Could I get four? Can I get five? Because that's ideally what you would like. If you could get five, at least five innings out of every fifth day out of a starter, that's the ideal thing. So that's the big thing. I really hope that this starting rotation, whoever it is in the starting five, can really give this team uh, at least, if not the whole season, on a consistent basis, I would say. Mm-hmm. And 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 again, of course, Noah Davis and Ty Block will be mixing. I think Block has a good chance to make the bullpen, maybe, possibly as a second long man, if or if Feltner doesn't make it. I think it could come down to those two as who gets that long, you know, six, you know, six starter long man role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Block, you know, again, like you said, he could be a guy that, let's just say, heaven forbid, that somebody gets injured. He can be that guy. He had some pretty good starts last year. Um, again, you know, the Rockies, they need some left-handed pitchers. You you have Freeland, of course, and then you have Gomber. But, you know, if, if let's just say Freeland or Gomber goes down, you have Ty Block there at your disposal. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, the Rockies, they do have some depth coming up. You know, Carlson Palmquist, who had a really good start uh, yesterday against Arizona, he could be a possibility. I, I still think he'll probably 
be somewhere in double A, maybe in triple A uh, sometime this year for the majority of the season. Um, but there, there's a possibility. There's a world where he could potentially make his debut this year. Um, Joe Rock is another guy to keep an eye on. He got roughed mm-hmm. up a little bit today. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, the Rockies, they have some depth coming up, but uh, you really need to stay healthy, especially with uh, Gabriel Hughes. He's going to be out for, I think, the start of the season uh, because you had Tommy John, uh, Jackson Cox. Of course, he's a little bit down the list, um, but he same thing. He had Tommy John. So there's depth coming um, and there's some depth in AAA, you know, with uh, Jeff Criswell um, and uh, and some other guys. So the Rockies, they do have some depth. And, and again, you know, one thing I do want to mention is that we've had some comments and we've seen around the Rockies nation of um, sign Trevor Bauer, sign Trevor Bauer. And um, it, to be honest with you, I don't see that happening. And like, listen, you know, would be awesome to have Trevor Bauer, you know, it'd be kind of cool. I mean, this guy has won Cy Young awards. He's, you know, has had good numbers, but with what we're seeing around baseball teams do not want him. And plus, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's the topic you don't really want to talk about much, but I just don't think that uh, that's going to be, you know, happening soon. Of course, you know, the Rockies, they definitely could use pitching and who knows, maybe they could do something like that. But I don't think Bauer would want to come to Coors Field because of a lot of pitchers, a lot of free agent pitchers don't want to come here because altitude, man, they don't like, they don't like that high altitude. I'm not sure Dick Monfort and the PR department wants to put up with the PR nightmare that's mm-hmm. going to come with mm-hmm. signing him because whoever yeah. team signs him is have to answer the big question. Why are you signing Trevor Bauer? Why are you bringing mm-hmm. again, even though he wasn't officially convicted or charged of the crime, or she's familiar phrase that he wasn't convicted of a crime. Yeah. You're still gonna have to answer to all that and everything. And keep in mind, this was a very controversial guy, even outside of what his legal issues were. He would get in fights with fans on social media. He would have issues with his managers, most notably one of the most well-respected guys in Terry Francona. I watched the game. I watched I remember he got frustrated and flung the ball to center field during uh-huh. a game against the Royals at Coffin Stadium. <laughs> I've heard the guy is not I've heard now good. This is only what you hear, what you hear, and what you, what's reality could be different. This guy is not the most pleasant of guys to be around. I'm sure Garrett Cole would have something to say about that. Wink. Uh, but um, what was I going to say? There's one more thing. And again, not to make light of his Cy Young, and I'm not to say everything won during the 2020 COVID season was not worth much. But mm-hmm. again, it was against a very weak NL Central Division. If everyone remembers, during that season, you would only, if you, let's say, he was in the with the Reds in the Central, you would only play it the central division teams and both central divisions were not powerhouses, but they weren't exactly weak, but they weren't exactly heavy. No, right. So again, it's, and also he was a forefront, a guy with the sticky stuff situation. I mean, remember the interview that he gave at Dodger stadium in the dugout where he goes, Hey, you see, and he had a ball hanging from his fingers. This is just mm-hmm. rosin and sweat. So who's mm-hmm. to say he wasn't using it. And he would always talk about training methods in this. Well, again, I could, I don't want to make this a topic of, of our episode here, but it, it would be a huge it's yeah. a it's something that I think the Rockies should avoid, even though they're really looking for arms. Yeah, and I think you you kind of touched on it. Like he's had clubhouse issues. Dodger teammates didn't want him to come back. Um, you know, they were like that was like their they were like, no, we don't want him back. And so just find that very interesting. But um, but yeah, I mean the Rockies they have some options. Again, I, I think one of the biggest things um for the Rockies is developing pitchers. And I know that, you know, there's fans out there saying, Well, you know, they haven't done ver- that very well. You know, well, you know, you look back at the Rockies' top pitchers in the franchise history, most of them have been developed pitchers. Ibala Jimenez, who came up through the Rockies' minor league system. He was actually an international player that came up uh, uh, through the Rockies' uh, farm system. And 
Um, you know, Sendatella, you know, we know how good he came up when he was starting to come up. He was really, really good. Um, Marquez, a bunch of these guys. So uh, there, there are guys out there. There's guys out there that uh, are, are going to be awesome. They're going to be studs. Um, it's just that, you know, they might be a little bit down the list in terms of the farm system where they're, you know, whether in their single A, double A, um, but th they're coming. But right now the Rockies, they're just kind of testing out some of these arms. And I, I think some of the additions um, that they've made in to the starting rotation have been, have been good. It it's not terrible. Yeah. I mean, a lot of media, a lot of, uh, you know, people that are, you know, baseball, uh, journalists, they uh, they see the Rockies rotation. They're like, "Ugh, this is this is bad." Uh, for, where for me, I, I, yeah, it's I mean, it's not you know great, but it's not terrible in my mind. It's 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 definitely uh, it's definitely could still use some improvement you're, because you're again you're really you know hoping that you know Quantrill can have a bounce back here and become the Quantrill that he was a couple of years ago when he was with Cleveland and when he was arguably one of the best pitchers in the American League. And then uh, with Dakota Hudson, uh, he's kind of struggled with command a little bit. You know, he struggled with walks in St. Louis. So that needs to needs to improve. So uh, a lot of writing on these guys here. Um, so I guess that's our rotation. Again, uh, you know, there might be some of the names that, you know, we could mention. But uh, for time's sake, we're going to kind of move on from that. So moving on to the bullpen, which uh, there was an interesting stat. So I don't think I mentioned this. So uh, a follower of our page, Lux, who... He might be watching uh, tonight. So Lux, if you're watching, hey, um, thanks for the for the heads up. But he sent me a DM. Uh, was it about a week or two ago? And he was saying how was it a year ago? The Rockies was it they blew 33 or 34 saves last year, and and all those leads were like from the seventh to the ninth inning. And if you get rid of all those blown leads from innings seven through nine, the Rockies. Would have had would have had oh, was it like a ninety and seventy two record that would put them in the playoffs and so the bullpen surprisingly last year was one of the better parts of the team especially early on in the season in the second half of the season it really struggled because you know a lot of these guys were already injured and so they had to you know you know uh, come in and help some of the uh, other guys um, that didn't have great starts um, you know. I think the bullpen definitely needs to still improve, but, and I know some people are like, you know, we need a closer. Well, I think the Rockies already have one. They're just, they just need to develop it. Right. And I think just looking at Arizona, all right. Like I know, I know they're position players, but look at what Arizona did. They didn't, you know, with Corbin Carroll with Alec Thomas, you know, I guess you can talk about position players too, but really when you kind of talk about uh, players, you're really talking about the pitchers too the Diamondbacks let those guys play. They didn't like put them in triple A. They didn't like give them like maybe a couple starts every couple months. No, they, they, they played almost every single day. And I think what the Rockies are doing with Jake bird and, and Justin Lawrence is, you know, great because they need, you know, they need that experience. Right. And going into last year, I remember we were talking about going into the dog days of, you know, July, August, September. Right. And you're, you're facing a lot of these postseason teams and the Rockies that, yeah, the bullpen suffered, but the Rockies lineup, they were like, they were, playing pretty well against some of these big teams. It's just that at the end of the season, the bullpen had already run out of gas. They were blowing a bunch of leads. Um, and for the Rockies, they need to – and I wouldn't be surprised if the bullpen does a good job, at least in the first half. Again, I think there's a bunch of dudes in the bullpen that uh, could definitely you know do well. And not to mention Tyler Kinley. He's going to hopefully have a full year of health, right? And because last year he was out for basically half the season – um, so, and then Lucas Gilbert, he'll be coming back sometime this year. Uh, that's good. So 
uh, you know, there's some, there's a definitely some guys, and, and there's going to be some newer guys. Jalen Beeks, who we got uh, from waivers from Tampa early in the offseason. Uh, and then uh, Jeff Hartlib, who we got from, I believe, the Mets, who he played for the Mets last year, I think. I like him. Um, he looks kind of an interesting uh, right-handed pitcher there. So the Rockies, they have some guys, and they do have some veteran experience there, but they're really sticking with a bunch of the homegrown talent guys in, in the ro- not only in the rotation, but in the bullpen as well. So I kind of like the bullpen. It, it, it's all right. You know, I'll definitely – and I really like Gavin Hollowell. I think he he was – I think he closed out the game yesterday, so I really like that. So Gavin Hollowell, you know, guys like that, I really like some of the, seeing the, uh, some of the younger guys that are uh, toward the back of the end of the, of the bullpen there. Uh, so that got, kind of gives me a little hope that uh, the bullpen will be good this year. We'll see, but um, just can't give up those blown leads in the uh, seventh through the ninth inning, right there. So, yeah, the one thing they say about a baseball game: the hardest three outs of a baseball game are the last three. Mm-hmm. So, yep. and uh, and again, it's not it's easier said than done when it comes to finding a lockdown closer. But I think personally, this is the year of transition. Nothing against Daniel Bard. He has, it's a heck of a story he's had in his life from being a cast off to making, just resurrecting his career, dealing with his issues with mental health. We've all had our struggles. I've had my fair share. So I understand where he's come from, especially considering he's an elite level athlete. I commend the guy for what he's done. But I think this is going to, this is going to be an official transition year from him as the closer to, I think Justin Lawrence is officially not going to get, going to earn that role i think he is going to be the ninth inning guy and he's going to have his full-on chance to get every opportunity to show his worth in that role um and i think and i mentioned this of course we before we jumped on the podcast victor vodnik the guy who we got from the braves um i'm really intrigued to see what his role is if he does make the bullpen out of spring training which i think he will Mm -hmm. uh what sort of leverage role is he going to be the seventh inning guy will he be a sixth inning guy will I think ultimately that's where he, the highest he'll reach, uh, highest level he'll reach here is the seventh inning. Um, but I'm interested to see what kind of situations Bud Black and the co- and the coaching staff want to put him in. What, you know, how high a leverage is he going to get to start it if he makes the roster? Uh, another guy I'm also interested to keep my eye on is Evan Justice because looking at the Rockies' current 40 man roster, you have two lefties, Jalen Beeks and uh, Evan. Wait, yeah, yeah, just those two, Evan B. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I can't speak. Jalen mm-hmm. Beeks and Evan Justice. I'm toasting mm-hmm. my tongue a little bit here. Um, so I'm very curious to see what Evan Justice's role this year, being the only other lefty. Um, will he make the rush? Will he make the bullpen right out of spring training? That's that'll be interesting to watch. And I agree with you, Gavin Holloway, Hollowell, excuse me. Um, I'm interested to see how what kind of opportunities he gets because he was on the Rockies top 30 prospect list all of last season. So that'll be interesting as well. Um, and Kyle Kinley, hopefully he's best of the full season of health. So he can probably get a chance to earn some, earn some high leverage situations. Um, and then who was the other guy I was also trying, I'm trying to look for his team. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which, uh, I'm not sure. Another guy, and this is kind of Anthony Molina. I'm not sure what mm-hmm. kind of opportunities he's going to get. Cause didn't we get, isn't he the guy we got from the Rays? Yeah, in the rule five draft. So basically he has to be on the roster for the entire season. Yeah. So if he does make so if he does make so if in the fact they do go with that and he makes the roster, mm-hmm. if not, they have to remove him from the 40 man. Yeah. Does he what if he makes the roster the the 26 man roster out of spring training, what opportunities does he get? And this is kind of interesting. And I didn't realize he was only six foot one. Again, not to say that's short by any stretch of the imagination, but compared to a lot of other relievers we have. For example, Hollowell, he's six foot seven. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, he, he's another guy I want to keep my eyes on because, again, as we all know, 
Tampa Bay has known for, to me, that I've noticed is two things. They're known for pitchers or developing great pitchers, but also they're known for letting guys go at the right time. Because, you yeah. know, who, for an example, they let Blake Snell go. He just doesn't turn into the guy he used to be right off the bat. He Granted, he just won a Cy Young, but still. Mm-hmm. And like I said, so did they see something that not everybody else sees that was good to let him go? Or mm-hmm. is did they make the wrong decision with that one? So, again, he'll be interested to see how he fares uh, on this team. Yeah. And one player that, you know, I was talking to Tom before we started is uh, Jaden Hill, uh, because this is a guy that we drafted back in 2021 of LSU. This is arguably one of the biggest uh, pitching guys on the draft. I remember and a lot of people were like really high on him. And I was super pumped to get him because I remember hearing a bunch of like reports and different uh, guys saying, oh, this guy's a, a steal for the Rockies. And I was super excited. And then, you know, he's been in, you know, basically single A for the past couple of years and he just has not clicked, you know, and, and he's made a bunch of starts. And I think the Rockies, they were starting to figure something out. They were like, you know what, Let, let's, let's put him in the bullpen. So last fall, they put him in the Arizona fall league. Uh, you know, they told the guys, Hey, make sure he comes out of the bullpen. And he did really well. I mean, he was arguably one of the best, you know, bullpen guys in the AFL. And, uh, and then so far, I mean, it's only been one inning he's pitched and he pitched today against the, uh, against the diamondbacks, but you know, he struck out two guys. And so, uh, Jaden Hill's a, a guy that, you know, I don't know, maybe could crack the uh, the roster sometime this year. I don't think he's going to, you know, speed his way through double A and, and triple A that quickly. Um, but, you know, at the Rockies, I mean, I, I know Bill Schmidt is really high on him to kind of, uh, you know, speed his way through through the farm system. If, if Jaden Hill can do that, man, you're talking about a guy that could be really solid late in the late in the innings, like seventh, eighth, ninth ninth guy maybe even closer i don't know but you know for me Jaden hill's more of a a guy that could come in you know seventh eighth inning um maybe in sixth inning if they need you know uh some some work there as well but uh he's the guy to watch out for um and uh, you know I, I guess another guy that you know again nick mears i think we got him last year from pittsburgh um he kind of had a rough year but he he had some decent numbers uh nick mears so far has looked good this spring again there's only been like a few games that have been played but um, you know, and like, and I like how you said Evan Justice. He's an interesting guy as well. But really, I really can't wait to see what Gavin Hollowell does. Does I think he's going to make the the bullpen. Um, you know, again, we'll see. But uh, I'm looking at some of the other guys in AAA. Uh, you know, I there's a possibility maybe Dugan Darnell, who is uh, a follower of our page. Shout out to Dugan. Um, Dugan Dar- Darnell. Uh, I believe that's his name. Sorry. Dugan, if I'm uh, botching your name there, uh, I'm really excited to to see him. You know, maybe make his debut this year. I think there's a possibility he's been. I think he was down in AAA for a while uh, last year. So keep an eye on him. So yeah, I, I like again the bullpen for me. I kind of like the bullpen again. It's it's young, but uh, you know, last year at the end of the season they got their experience. Um, you know, it was a lot, but it was uh, you know it was experience for for sure. And then of course I think you mentioned Ty Block. He's probably he could be a you know long you know, any guy, um, you know, that needs to come in maybe the fifth, sixth inning uh, to get, you know, pitch one or two innings. Um, I think Block could definitely be on there. But I think for me, Block will probably be a, uh, a, a in AAA to start the season. We'll see. I know he was on the opening day roster last year. Um, and then uh, Matt Cook, who the Rockies brought back. I, I liked I liked that, you know, signing of bringing him back. He was actually pretty good last year, um, you know, because I remember he was a top pitcher for – uh, I believe he came up through the Arizona Diamondback system uh, a number of years back, and then he went to Seattle, and and you know now with the Rockies, and 
you know, Matt Cook is an intri- intriguing guy, and I, I really liked how the Rockies kind of gave him a chance last year and, and be a part of that bullpen, and he was solid. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Daniel Bard a little bit, the way he kind of delivers the ball and kind of sets up a little bit of uh, Daniel Bard there. And then uh, speaking of Daniel Bard, Daniel Bard, you know, got to feel bad for him of, of, of what he's been you know, going through, like you said, uh, with his mental issues um, and, and, of course, with his injuries as well. And, uh, you know, if this is his last year, because I think this is his last year of his contract with the Rockies, uh, I'd like to see it end well. And, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Rockies would, you know, bring him back on, you know, some in some way to be part of the organization, like in terms of pitching, um, like for pitching development or whatever, something like that. I'd love that Um, because, you know, we saw how good Daniel Bard was in 2022. Uh, of how he good was, how good he was as a closer. So, uh, again, I like the bullpen where it's at. The rotation, it's it's fine. It's it's nothing to to brag about necessarily. But you know, the Rockies they have experienced pitchers in in the rotation. However, you would like to see some younger guys to kind of get their experience there. But you know, Ryan Feltner, he's still young. Peter Lambert, he's still young. Um, and then uh, another guy that I guess will kind of finish finish out the uh, pitcher segment is Ryan Rollison, who good news. Um, you know, fingers crossed, he is going to be pitching sometime in April, according to Bill Schmidt. So we won't see him in spring training per reports. Uh, you know, again, uh, check that out if, if I'm wrong. But um, Ryan, uh, Ryan Rolson, he should be coming back soon uh, in the next month or two. He could be, again, it's it's asking, asking that question, can he stay healthy? Um, because this is a guy that they got in the first round, I think, uh, uh, some years back. And he's still relatively young, but, you know, again, if these injuries continue, I just, I don't see the Rockies hanging on to him anymore because, you know, the Rockies, they're kind of moving past him, I guess, but I guess they're kind of giving him one more shot of like, Hey, you know, we like you just please stay healthy. And uh, we want to give you a shot. And I think Ryan Feltner, I mean, not not Ryan Feltner, Ryan Rolson, uh, I think they've given him a a few spring training starts in the past and uh, there's some promise there. He has some nice pitches. And I remember when he was coming up through the Rockies, farm system of him pitching in Lancaster when they used to have the uh, the Lancaster Jethawks. I think that was their team name. They used to be affiliates. I don't think they're affiliates anymore, but I remember watching highlights of him in Lancaster and how good he was. And and I was really excited about for, for Ryan Rolson because a lot of people thought he was going to be a, a rotation guy. And, and it's just the injuries have really derailed his career in, in terms of uh, the minor leagues. So hopefully he can kind of uh, bounce back and be healthy uh, moving forward. So uh, I, I guess those are my final thoughts for the starting rotation and, and the bullpen. Yeah, I, those are my final thoughts too. It's, you know, again, like I said, I'm going to echo the my sentiment again. Hopefully with good health, we can be or blessed with as good a health as we can. And like I said, the one thing I'm keeping my eye on is just can the rotation give us some, give us consistent starts of, at least five innings because like we said it was i I give bud bud black a lot of credit again he's a former pitching coach he did a great job managing everything with what he had so hopefully he's blessed with um fewer injuries to navigate his pitching staff yeah and and, you know again we didn't mention chase dolander i don't think he's gonna you know come up here but like you know like Mm -hmm. like the start of the podcast we were talking about how pitching is going to be crucial for the Rockies to turn this thing around. Um, you know, if the Rockies want to get back to the playoffs in the next couple of years, they got to get pitching. They got to, you know, come through the farm system, develop it. Um, and that's coming. It's just that it, it might take a couple of years for that to come up. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, pitching is, is, you know, and plus when that does happen, and if it does happen, if the Rockies kind of get back into that window of contending, you're still going to have guys like Freeland who's kind of been there. 
He's been in the postseason race before. Sinatella, Marquez, those guys have been there before. So that would be a, right. a positive for the Rockies. So and I guess, and yeah. I guess the one thing we also definitely we're all going to eagerly keep an eye on is the recovery of Herman Marquez. I definitely yeah. am going to keep an eye on it, see how he progresses in. Yeah. What is what? And of course, you know, I'm I'm going to be happy to see him back. If when he makes yeah. it back, it's going to be a sight for sore eyes for sure. Yeah, I, I think. Bill Schmidt said something about July, I think. July or uh, August, he'll be back. Something I was about like to say that. I was about to say last update. I thought I thought I saw August, but I could be wrong. Yeah, and then Cindatella, he's uh I think he's out yeah. for the year. Uh, uh I, I, I think know, it was yeah. yeah. Because you don't want to bring him back. And here's the thing with Marquez. Mm-hmm. It's awesome seeing that he's throwing, you know, bullpens, and that's great. But uh, there's a small part of me that's just like I don't want him to get hurt. Like, you know, he's doing a bullpen and he just tweaks something. I don't want to see that because we've seen that in the past with spring training. I think last year, um, this kind of started the whole thing with Marquez. I think last year in spring training, there was a bullpen that Marquez was throwing and he tweaked something. It was like his hammy or something. And I think he missed a, a start or two. And actually, I think it's the reason why he didn't pitch in the WBC, if you remember correctly, because mm-hmm. um, he was going to be pitching for, I think, Team Venezuela, was it? And, Venezuela, yeah. Yeah, and, and he tweaked his hamstring or whatever it was, and he you know, he couldn't pitch because he was on the uh, on the injured list. And I remember he was uh, just so discouraged about that because he wanted to pitch in, in the WBC. And, and uh, I know Kyle Freeland, he was able to do that. And I know Kyle Freeland, he was really pumped up about doing that. But, you know, Marquez, for me, you know, I'm happy again. I'm happy that he's like throwing and, and doing bullpens. And same thing with Cindatella. I think I've seen some videos of Cindatella kind of doing light toss, which is great. It's just that you, you know, kind of hold your breath and say, "Please don't, don't get injured, don't tweak something," because we need you to uh, to be healthy for 2025 and, and moving forward. So again, keep your eyes on on Marquez and Cindatella this year. I think real quick, just last, I think they've already sat him down and got him to understand. Hey, you don't need to push yourself. You don't. If you don't come back this year or don't come back until September, don't feel bad about it. I think they just said they've sat him down and had that conversation, and I think he's bought into that. And plus, also, to your point about the WBC, at least it's not as bad as what happened to Edwin Diaz. I mean, Edwin Diaz. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that he's going to be back because, you know, I don't, you know, I like to tease about the Mets. I don't like the Mets, but I'm so happy that he's back. I love the, the trumpet. You know, music. Timmy Trumpet. Yeah, Timmy, yeah, Timmy, Timmy Trumpets. Timmy. Yeah, I, I was listening to the video the other day, and it's like, man, <laughs> if if I was a baseball player, that would be my walk-up song, or either yeah. that, or either the Chicago Bulls walk intro music. The uh, 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 by Alan Parsons project. Yeah, that that's that would be something that I I would walk out. That would be my walkout music. But uh, those would be, would be my top two. But man, it, it's it's happy that uh, it's good for baseball that uh, Edwin Diaz will be uh, coming back um, for it's the match, and that that might give him some more wins because oh, yeah. they needed him last year and they blew a ton of leads last year, and that's why the match were <sighs> last year. Um, uh, plus, also, I'm yeah. sure Steve Cohen's going to be happy that he's going to be that those checks are going to be going to a guy actually on the field now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just just kidding about that. But uh, <laughs> it's it's it is it is it is an interesting question. Who's going to get more saves, Edwin Diaz or Josh Hader, Ooh, or or Devin Williams, or even I throw Devin Williams in that conversation yeah. too. Devin Williams, he's been like like the setup guy for Josh Hader for so many years now, and so now he gets yeah. that opportunity. He gets the chair of uh, closing out those games. So um, yeah, the hot take. If I had to pick between those three, hot take to everyone out there, I would take Devin Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, our predictions will be coming out in a few weeks, but I, I think the Brewers could shock some people because I know some people are like writing them off as not going to be very good. I mean, they got Reese Hoskins, who's going to be coming back from injury, still a solid ball player. Um, but the Phillies, I mean, 
their roster is so, so stacked with, you know, Harper at first base. Like there's no room for a Hoskins. I mean, I'm sure a lot of Phillies fans are going to miss him, but yeah. um, I, I, I think the Brewers might actually be a decent team. I think they're going to be probably like a third, fourth place team this year with that division, man, it's going to be so fun to watch. Um, don't, but, and, uh, yeah. but specifically about the Brewers, don't count out their new manager. He's actually a very smart baseball Yeah, Pat Murphy. Guy. Yeah. Don't yeah, very good Murphy. Him. Yeah, he, he's he's a he's a council protege and he he's a very smart guy. So I, again, to everybody out there, don't discount him. Yeah. Um, again, we'll get into more discussion about, you know, the National Central and all the other divisions right. when we do our uh, predictions. But um, <laughs> just kind of a preview, yeah. just a preview for our listeners. <laughs> yeah, just a little preview for our listeners. A little, a little just yeah. a little taste. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. So don't think think anything. Uh, don't don't say, oh, Steven said the Brewers are going to finish. No, just just wait and see. Um, moving on to our last segment of the night, um, let's kind of talk about the the three uh, spring training games that's happened mm-hmm. over the last couple of days. So yesterday the Rockies had their first spring training game, and then today they had a split squad two games against the uh, one one of them was against the A's, and the other one was against Arizona. Um, and uh, talking about the first game, so. First game, I was like, okay, we're playing against Arizona. Well, you know, the defending National League champions, you know, it might not go very well because, again, I mean, Arizona, they played the World Series just like I feel like just a few, like, they were, like the offseason was long, but it kind of feels like the World Series just ended yesterday because the, like the World Series was, I think, in early November, it, like ended in November. Um, and so I was like, yeah, we're probably not going to do well. And, and plus, a lot of our younger players are playing, but honestly, the pitching was really good. Like I mentioned, Carson Palmquist pitched two wings. Uh, surrendered, I think only one hit, one or two hits, got uh, a walk. It surrendered a walk, but got four strikeouts against some really, really good hitters. Um, so that was really good. Um, the bullpen was solid, good. Um, and, and the Rockies, I think only gave up like five hits or something like that. So that was really impressive to see. Um, uh, so yeah, like, and not to mention, uh, 16 strikeouts by Rockies pitchers, which by the way, last year, the Rockies, that was their season high in a season game. They had 16 strikeouts in a game. And so to see 16 strikeouts in the first day of spring training, I like that, especially uh, coming from, you know, a lot of younger younger guys in the bullpen. So I, I, I like that. And offensively, not a lot of offense. The Rockies didn't get a run until the fourth inning when Elias Montero Monti hit a, what was it, 449-foot bomb to left field that hit the concourse. Uh, that's something that we kind of saw last year in spring training and uh, love to see that. And then uh, Jordan Beck and, and uh, Britton Doyle got some big knocks there as well to drive in some runs there. So the Rockies went three nothing, and uh, so that was that was that was nice to see. It is nice to see um, people just get back in the swing of things. I know, of course, there were some people saying, of course, uh, we commented Montero got a whole, got basically all of that one. Um, and everybody's saying, I think I saw two people on social media. I think it was Twitter X was one. Facebook was another. People are saying, put him at first, put Brian on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is good. He is going to work his way onto this roster. The only question, of course, is um, warranting good or bad health. How many at bats will he get? Uh, to your point, is it is good to see. It is encouraging. Again, it's only spring training, and we played the again two games against the Diamondbacks, one game against Oakland. But again, as you yeah. pointed out before we jumped on here, Oakland basically put the, what's probably going to be their everyday lineup out mm. there. Um, it was nice to see, of course, even though Ruiz, who's their base stealing threat, hit the home run, it was good to keep them under control on the base pass. You didn't really have yeah. any issues with them. But it, it was good to see encouraging, hold on, 
Game one, it, uh, game one, 16, our, our pitching staff at 16, 12, and 14 strikeouts. So that is encouraging to see that they're missing bats. Again, spring training, hitters yeah. are getting into their routine, just kind of doing whatever the, whatever gets them ready for the spring, whatever gets them ready for a long season. It is encouraging to see guys missing bats. Um, there were, I like, what, let me see here. The one guy who I was pleasant, I was happy to see have a good outing was Lambert. Uh, wait, was it? Yeah, where's? Oh, I gotta pull up his numbers here where I have it. Uh, yeah, he had two walks, but he navigated around him. He didn't have any strikeouts, didn't give up any earned runs, just the two walks. He navigated around and he forced one double play, so that was good to see. And again, like I said, bring I'm going back to him again. Vodnik had a clean inning, Bird had a clean inning in um that game against Oakland. So, like I said, it is gonna be interesting to see what role those two inherit when the as the season starts because I do believe both are gonna be start part of the, the Rockies bullpen. And uh, and uh, again, Noah Davis had kind of a shaky outing today against Arizona, but well, I think we'll see how he recovers from that. But all in all, you know things. And of course, uh, Brenton Doyle, Brenton Doyle had going two for two in the game against in the first game against Arizona. However, in game, oh, what was it? Which game was it? One second, he did not have a good game again. It was yeah today against Arizona. He had a pretty bad game. Got caught stealing and got picked off at first. Mm-hmm. So not what you want to see right off the bat from your guy who is probably going to be a could be one of your best base running threats. But you know, we'll again only three games. It is encouraging. Two and one. We'll see how the rest of it goes. And you know, we got ways to go before we have our opening day start. Yeah, Joe Rock got rocked huh, uh, a little bit. Um, sorry, wow. Joe. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, it's you know, I think like I told Tom uh, earlier, it's like his first start. Uh, ever I think in spring training like the, you know I think last year I don't think he ever got any spring tra- training action except maybe in the backfields but um, you know he did get one strikeout but you know um, but like the air like the, there there were some errors today I think let me look at the box score there was two errors by the Rockies one of them I think was Jacob Stallings who threw the ball like there was a runner that was I think run, running the second for a stolen base or something and we know that these D-backs they run like last year in the World Series if you watch the World Series they were running like crazy and last year they were one of the best teams if not the best team in terms of stolen bases and running and we saw that a bunch uh, today and they're you know that's that's who they are um, that's how you know they they kind of play small ball right. Um, and, and sometimes that's really, really good for your team, especially like the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Rockies, they kind of need to, you know, learn from the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, in terms of playing small ball, stealing bases. And, you know, we got Brenton Doyle who can do that, but there was some, uh, misplays today. I, I just didn't like, there was just some bad throws, some, yeah, it was, it was kind of, you know, like you mentioned, Doyle kind of had some misplays and misruns. He kind of got caught stealing. Then he, you know, got caught at first. That wasn't great. And then. Um, so yeah, a little bit, some errors, some sloppy play, but again, it's you know, really second day of spring training game. So I'll let that slide, but yeah, uh, Joe rock kind of got bounced around there. Um, you know, gave up five runs, three of them were earned. Um, probably one of them was the, the, the error there. Um, and then, uh, Juan Mejia who, uh, came in, I believe in the fifth inning, uh, according to MLB.com, he, you know, had he suffered a couple walks, but he did get a strikeout and uh, did not give up any runs, so that was good. Uh, and then Wilcox, what's his name? Kyle Wilcox, who I think he was originally from the Braves organization, uh, but drafted by the Mariners. He pitched an inning, uh, two walks, two strikeouts. I think didn't excuse me, didn't give up any runs. Um, and then of course Jaden Hill, who I uh, briefly talked about. Um, 
He had a couple of strikeouts, didn't give up any hits. And so, yeah, the bullpen, uh, after the, the fourth inning, they did a pretty solid job, um, you know, shutting down that D-backs on him. But of course, you know, they brought in some of the younger players and the younger prospects. But yeah, I mean, so far, like the pitching has been, you know, good. It, it's, again, a spring training, but the pitching has been good. Been getting strikeouts and missing some bats. Um, I've noticed that the stuff is a little bit, you know, better for Noah, uh, Noah Davis. I saw some uh, some of his movement on his uh, breaking balls were, uh, were really good. Um, so yeah, again, keep an eye on the spring. I mean, it, again, it's spring training. I, f- I feel like, you know, almost every single year we kind of see uh, like the first few days, it's like a low scoring games because again, it's, you know, late February still kind of, you know, of course it's Arizona because, you know, it's 70 to 80 degrees down there, but you know, players are, you know, still getting adjustments, uh, especially the hitters. So uh, I think that could be a part of it as well, but it, it was good to see offensively. I feel like it's been somewhat of a slow start uh, for some players, especially some of the veterans, but it's been nice to see that Yankee L Fernandez who got a home run today, 400 foot, 419 foot home run uh, to right field. Uh, that was really, really cool. And then he had that little nice, Bat, bat flip at the end and then uh Elias Montero uh had that big home run in game one and then uh Michael Toglia who uh this game was not broadcasted by the way but Michael Toglia hit a home run against the Oakland Athletics in in the first game today um in uh, in Mesa Arizona at the A's ballpark uh, at their spring training facility so that was that was nice to see so uh you know like like you were talking about Tom earlier it's just that you know, some of these players, you, you, they might be kind of like trying too hard, I guess, to make their opening day roster. They want to make an impression, which obviously in spring training, a lot of younger players are trying to do that. But you just don't want them to do it too much to where it's just like they they try too hard. And then once the season comes, they just don't do well. And with Toglia, you know, he's he's kind of still struggling with strikeouts. Again, it's small sample size. He's only had like a handful of bats so far in spring training because there's only been like, you know, he's only played in like two games, but you know, uh, basically he's, he's struggling out and then hitting home, you know, hit, hit that home run today. So totally. It just, he's still that question mark. Can he cut down on the strikeouts? Um, you know, Brent Doyle, he, uh, you know, going back to Doyle here, you know, he, he's having a good start, but again, like today, he kind of struck out on a pitch that he struck out last year a lot, you know, with that slider away or breaking ball away. Uh, that needs to stop. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's some, some, Nice players to keep an eye on. Jordan Beck, who um, I really, really am excited about. He, he's looking so far so good this spring. And then uh, Yankee Fernandez, like I said, he's uh, looking pretty good as well. So, but yeah, Toglia, he's got to cut that down. And then Montero, again, he hit that home run. But it's just that at the start of last year, especially in the first half of the year, Montero actually got sent down to AAA because he wasn't doing so well. And then once in the second half, he kind of came on and started hitting bombs left and right at the end of the season. So, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on Montero and Toglia as we, uh, as we head into spring training here? Well, given that the number of bats, well, given that for two, two part, two part answer with the infield, you could say being somewhat set at this point with Bryant being the everyday first baseman Montero, I think understands that his only way to crack his way onto this lineup is either as the DH or to be the backup corner infielder to Bryant and McMahon. So the bats that he could get could be scarce So in terms of the season. So I think he's taking advantage of every opportunity he can to say, hey, I can be a productive contributor at the major league level. You don't have to send me to Albuquerque to be the everyday first baseman, you could say. With Toglia, I think it's 
a little different. He is really trying to press because we, I think he, as well as everybody knows that right field is not and that left field is set in stone with no Joe. And then center field is Brenton Doyle's spot to lose right field is wide open. I mean, nobody's running away with it, whether it's Burchard Goodman or him. It's basically, you could say, I want to say a, a toss up and you just, you know, flip a coin and see who, see who, you, and basically go for, or that wouldn't make any sense, or flip a three sided coin, three sided coin, or however you want to put, it, and say whichever one it lands on, or pick a name out of a hat at this point, because, and so I think in terms of, as you point out, yeah, Toglia does have that home run, but his other three at bats were none uh, competitive at this point. You could say so he's just pressing because he wants to show, hey, I'm a value, I can play the position, I'm a switch hitter. Whereas Goodman and Burchard are righties, so that adds some flexibility for Bud Black in terms of lineup construction. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it is early. Um, I think he just needs to sit back, relax, and maybe he'll end up being the guy who wins it. He, I, to most, I would say most of Rocky's issue, most critics, or or I would even say Thomas Harding, not to try and say what I think Thomas Harding would say. I think him and any other beat writer for the Rockies would say he's the long shot of those three. Who knows? Maybe he could surprise everybody and it's going to see but in terms of those two they're just trying to take advantage and montero's they're both off to different starts whereas montero seems more his at-bats seem a little more productive even if he doesn't get uh record a hit or record getting on base whereas toga just i don't want to say seems lost but he just seems he's still trying to find his groove mm-hmm yeah, we have a comment here from uh, X from Ethan. Uh, Ethan says, "How do you think our AAA Albuquerque Isotopes are going to do this year?" Um, honestly, like you know, I don't really cover. We don't really cover the Isotopes, but I think it's going to be you generally over the last couple of years, especially when it comes to you know the prospects. If there's a, a bunch of the top prospects in that on that team, generally, you know, you might see that team do pretty well. But I, I think we're going to see them kind of struggle this year. Um, especially in that altitude, I think Albuquerque might be even higher than Coors Field in terms of elevation. And uh, I, I feel like whenever, and just, I mean, look at the, the, the numbers. If you look at the guys that have gone to AAA for the Rockies in terms of pitchers, a lot of them have inflated ERAs because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Albuquerque is very high up. And uh, mm-hmm. the Pacific League, uh, which uh, the, the league that the isotopes are in, in in the minor leagues, it's a hitters-friendly league. So, you know, expect to see a lot of offensive numbers for a lot of hitters. So, We'll find out. I mean, uh, I want to say like this was a number of years ago. This was back maybe when the Rockies were uh, in the playoffs in like 2017, 2018. I want to say the isotopes were actually a, uh, like really, really good in the playoffs. They were in like in the minor league playoffs. But, you know, ever since the Rockies have been in this rebuild, they've been, they've been kind of uh, not so good. But uh, we'll see. But uh, I think they're probably going to have a, str- a bad year. But I mean, again, we'll see. It's, it's the minor leagues. It's not like, you know, major league baseball. We'll, we'll find out. But Ethan, thank you for our, for your comment there. Um, but yeah, going back to, you know, talking about some of these, you know, players like Montero and Toglia, um, before we end tonight, uh, another mm-hmm. player I wanted to quickly talk about Zach Fien, who, um, he's gone hitless in this first few games of spring training. I'm not really worried about that. You know, I'm actually really happy that he's, you know, he's healthy of you know, <laughs> finally, um, and, and, you know, he's getting some playing time. And I, I noticed that in the games that, uh, you know, that we're seeing that he has kind of like that wrist guard on his hands, you know, uh, of course that, um, you know, on his bat, which is good because I think that's, you know, the same hand that he hurt last year. He was, um, you know, had that ending surgery there. So at least he's, you know, that's protective. And, uh, and yeah, I, you know, Zach Vini needs to stay healthy because again, this is a guy that, you know, we talked about last week. If, if this guy can stay healthy and if this guy can, 
hit well, which he's done before in, I mean, before he got injured last year, this, the guy was hitting, you know, really, really well. He was getting on base as power, um, you know, so if, if Zach Veen can stay healthy, he's going to be all right. And I think uh, I'm really excited to see him, um, you know, he's probably going to start the year in double A according to Bill Schmidt. So uh, yeah, Zach Veen is going to be exciting to watch. And then, uh, you know, of course, other guys like Benny Montgomery, another guy I mentioned last week, uh, he'll, probably be starting in double a as well so uh i like some of the younger guys that you know we're seeing but again you just don't want to see them get pressured and, and worried about getting a roster spot and i know zach veen in a recent article by uh patrick saunders was talking about how he wants to be on the roster so bad he wants to be on the team so bad he wants to cont- contribute with nolan jones and burton doyle in the outfield which is awesome but you know first he's got to stay healthy and he's got to got to hit and i think he'll he'll do the latter he'll hit it's just that Kind of question is, can he stay healthy? And overall, in his in his minor league career, he's been healthy. It's just that last year he had that misstep of having that season-ending surgery, um, which was really costly for him in, in his development. Uh, you know, and maybe even trying to get to to AAA last year, but uh, unfortunately that didn't happen. But we'll see what happens this year. I, I think I think I th- he'll be fine. He'll be fine. So um, I think. And then there's another guy. I forget what was his name. Um, you know, again, you know, Jimmy Heron, keep an eye on him. I know he's uh, been uh, in AAA for the Rockies, but, uh, you know, there's there's some other uh, – Jordan Beck, who, like I said, uh, you know, he's had a good camp so far. Keep an eye on him. You know, Fangraphs had him starting the year at AAA, but according to Bill Schmidt, he said that he sh- might be starting in, in AA. But, again, if he has a good camp, uh, I think – that could go pretty deep. Uh, you know, maybe he might start in AAA, but the Rockies, they have a, a, a plethora of right fielders, outfielders. And, uh, and I think with Sean Bouchard, keep an eye on him to potentially be that right fielder. Hunter Goodman, who we've actually seen, uh, you know, this spring in yesterday's game, he was actually catching a little bit at the end of the game. So um, I, I think Sean Bouchard is a guy that we'll have to keep out, keep, keep an eye on it eye out this year uh for right fielder uh and he might get that right field uh spot in, in on opening day so um ethan replies he said do you think chris bryant will be healthy this year i think so um i think with him playing first base that's going to help uh he just can't get hit in the hand by a pitch uh because last year uh you know he had a lot of those you know wacky hit hit by pitches where like pitchers were throwing him in and that's that's generally what happens in baseball, you know, especially if it's a, whether it's a lefty hitter, uh, the lefty pitcher is going to try to pitch him in. That's how you get the guys out. Um, and, and for Chris Bryant, it was just so unlucky for him to get hit by pitch. I, I think he got hit twice last year in the hand and uh, mm-hmm. it's just so unfortunate. It was just, you know, you can't really help it. I mean, you know, it just, it happens. And so uh, I think he does. And I know, you know, Tom, you gave your uh, predictions uh, a few weeks ago, how, you know, he might, you know, how you think he's going to play 145 games. I think he's he's going to maybe play more than that. I think he's going to be, be right around there. He might have like one or two games where he might have an illness or, you know, he might have pulled something. But I think he, he'll he be fine this year as long as he plays first base because it's really the safest position to, to play on the field for him at least. Just like how the Phillies moved Bryce Harper to first base to try and save those legs, I think the Rockies are making the same move with Chris Bryant. And to answer Ethan's question, I am going to hold true to my prediction. I think he'll play over 145 games until, of course, you know, knock on wood here until he gets hurt for the first time. So, yeah. (laughs) So I'm I'm sticking true to that prediction, and um, hopefully, hopefully, it comes true. You know, again, knock on wood there. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, tomorrow, the Rockies will be playing against the Milwaukee Brewers. I'll be uh, on the road. Uh, that's not going to be on TV, but you will be able mm-hmm. to listen uh, to Jack and Jerry on the radio. So uh, we'll be posting that tomorrow. So stay tuned to our socials. Uh, and by the way, like this spring, we'll be doing every single game uh, in terms of like posting, you know, the pregames and, and the final. So, you know, make sure to you follow the pages. Uh, all of them and uh, stay tuned to you know different news updates and and everything so um with that i think that will end tonight's show thank you for listening to tonight's episode of the podcast please be sure to subscribe follow rate and review all of our social media pages we love hearing from all of our listeners thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast have a great day everyone and go rockies